At photographycourse.net, you'll be able to swap your expertise with other photographers, make light instead of wishing for it, expand your portfolio, and receive feedback from professionals, all of which will develop your artistic eye. Photographycourse.net offers an abundance of premium courses and challenges for participants at every stage of their journey, from technical settings for portrait photography, to landscape composition tricks, to how to start your own photography business, we have everything you need to start shooting confidently. You can work at a pace that suits you. Our 52-week project challenge will provide you with the educational resources, encouragement, and support that you need to take great photographs every week. You can join us at any time as our themes are evergreen. You can also start by shooting every day and learning something new with our 365 Days of Photography course. Led by an industry expert who has mentored over 10,000 students, this course will help you take your photography skills to the next level with daily, bite-sized videos. Throughout the process of learning, you'll have access to a community that will provide you with inspiration and motivation. Get encouragement from other photographers every single day. Our current limited time offer comes with a special discount code exclusive to the listeners of this podcast. Get 50% off your first year as a premium member. Claim this discount by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST. Come join photographycourse.net and capture more than just a moment. Have you ever dreamed of starting your own photography business? If yes, then check out our new course, How to Start a Photography Business. It's led by pro-American photographer Crystal Kenny. She offers a breakdown on everything you need to succeed and make great money running your own photography business. Check out the link in the show notes to find out more. Hello everyone, my name is Taya and I'm the host of Great Big Photography World podcast, where we interview notable photographers in the industry, give advice on a wide variety of topics, and provide tips for beginners and professionals alike. In this episode, I talked to Andrew Helmich, who is the owner of Photo Biz X podcast and is a talented wedding and commercial photographer. Andrew has produced over 460 episodes for his podcast. He's interviewed many successful photographers in the business. So as you can imagine, we had a lot of interesting things to talk about. We talk about the business side of things, the biggest obstacles he's had to overcome, and much more. Please enjoy. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to Great Big Photography World Podcast. I'm so thrilled to have you here, a fellow podcast interviewer. Please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, Taya. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, like you said, my name's Andrew. I host the Photo Biz X podcast. I have been doing that for, I think, nine years now, which is unbelievable to me. And I, I get to interview photographers like you do uh, from all around the world. And that the main focus of the podcast is photography business, predominantly for wedding and portrait photographers, but also headshot and branding photographers. And uh, prior to that, I, I was a photographer for 20 years. And I still shoot, not as much as I used to, but um, yeah, that, that's me in a nutshell. It's really exciting. It's nice to have someone on the podcast who knows what it's like to be an interviewer and who has met so many incredible photographers around the world. And I think it's very interesting that you have had like hundreds of interviews. You've had over 460 interviews so far, right? 
it's yeah, it's scary, isn't it? Like when I when I started the podcast, I was told by other podcasters that you know if you get to seven seven episodes, then you know you're probably going to stick with it, and you've got a, a show that's going to survive. So to think that I'm coming up to to 500 podcasts is uh, just mind blowing. And and what surprises me is a never ending supply of guests to interview, that, and there's just so many different ways to do business, and uh, everyone's got their own little nuances to the way they do things and and I, I love that I still love recording today as much as the day I started I really do I can completely relate to that it's always very eye-opening because everyone has a different life and with your podcast since it focuses so much on business you get to learn so many you know ways of approaching business I'm sure you've learned a lot from your listeners uh, from your listeners and your um, guests so we're definitely going to dive into that topic later in this episode I'm curious to know more about your podcast though could you tell me a little bit more about it and what initially inspired you to specialize in the business side of things yeah i mean because i was a working photographer uh for for so long and uh, you know when, when i started i used to go to conferences that were put on by the aipp the australian institute of professional photographers and it wasn't until I started attending those conferences, those those training days and and, and weeks and weekends that I, you know, you, you don't realize how much you don't know. It, like it's incredible. And um, one of the biggest, I guess, eye-opening experiences for, for Linda, my wife and I, was when we learned that if a client buys a 20-sided album, for example, in our wedding packages, that's what we had, a 20-sided album, that I actually had the freedom to sell them 30 40 50 60 sides if they wanted to buy them because when we first started shooting weddings we thought we had to try and fit everything into those 20 sides and then when i went to a conference i learned that photographers are selling a 20-sided album in a package but then upselling another 40 to 60 sides on top of that my mind was blown because all of a sudden instead of making you know one or two thousand dollars from a wedding instantly we could make four or five thousand and i was like wow, like we've been going along for two years without even knowing this. So it, it was little things like that, that that made me know that I didn't know enough about business. And I was a, a mad keen podcast consumer. And uh, there was no other podcast, I thought, that was uh, that were delivering what I wanted to hear from podcasts. Uh, and that was these conferences that I was going to. I wanted to access the same information from a podcast uh, sorry, the same information I was getting from these conferences in a podcast, and I just couldn't find anything like that. So I said to Linda, I've got an idea to start a podcast. And, um, you know, basically the rest is history. I, I approached a few photographers, friends first, and uh, asked if they'd um, be okay to be interviewed. They agreed. And, um, yeah, I, I asked them about their business. I didn't know how it was going to go because I was unsure how much people would be willing to share about their business when I asked them uh, on for those initial interviews and if I could produce the kind of content that other listeners would want. And to my surprise and delight, people were so open and they still continue to be. It's, it's incredible to me what people are happy to share. Um, you just have to ask the questions. So I, I hope that answers your question, Taya. It's, uh, it's a wonderful answer. You share a lot of great information. Thank you for doing so. And yeah, I completely understand what you mean about people opening up because uh, when I started this podcast as well, I had a similar experience where I started by initially uh, interviewing my friends, which felt quite safe. Uh, I still felt very nervous. though. <laughs> and then I went out to reach out to other photographers that I wasn't uh, personally acquainted with. 
And I was so surprised by how open they were. Similar experience. It's it's amazing. As you said, if you just ask questions, if you just express curiosity, then people will most likely open up and be happy to share some tricks with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And look, I, I was really like, I, I thought, okay, I've got to get past inviting my friends, my, my photographer friends onto the podcast. So it was really scary to reach out to some bigger names uh, in the Australian wedding photography industry. And I did that. I, I, the, the first big name that I got in Australia was Ian Wilkinson, who I'd actually seen live at an AIPP conference. And I said uh, to him in that, that email, that initial email, inviting him on, I basically said, look, there's nothing in this for you, but um, this is my idea if you're happy to come on. And um, he, he appreciated my honesty. He came on and shared. And I thought, okay, th this thing, this could work. Now that I have his name on my list, and then it, it, it grew from there, just like your podcast has. That's beautiful. It's amazing that you were able to connect with him. And I think this is a great example of leaving your comfort zone within the photography world. So for a lot of people, sometimes they feel like they just have to take pictures, but there are so many other kinds of job opportunities out there in the photography industry. You can still enjoy your life as a photographer and also have a podcast or you can maybe write books. It's uh, I think it's uplifting potentially for, for the listeners, especially who maybe don't want to be full-time photographers who want to try something different, but still have it be in the photography world, if that makes sense. It does. And one of the things I, I would say to any photographer, you know, if you want to make a living from photography, if you want to make it your, your main income source, for sure, give it a go. But if it's, if it doesn't sit right with you, if you can't make it work, if you lose the enjoyment of the photography, then keep it as a hobby, you know, or do something else in the industry. And, uh, and keep your maintain your love of photography you, know, you don't have to make money from it to be a successful or good photographer absolutely i completely agree with you one of your motos is get paid for what you love to do and you'll never have to work a day in your life which i think is an incredible way of looking at the world if someone wants to have a lifestyle like this what three things should they know first yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I, I, yeah, like exactly like you said, I, I like to live by that. You know, if, if we can do what we love to do and get paid for it, that's amazing. But I think the, the secret to living life like that motto is in the motto itself. You, you have to be able to get paid uh, if you want to make a living from what you love. And to me, if, if, you, if you're going to get paid for what you love to do, in this case, photography, then you, you have to know how to generate leads. You have to know how to convert those leads into bookings and you have to know how to make sales to those leads. So to me, they're the three key ingredients for a successful business. And if you can do those and combine them with something that you love to do, then you should be able to live that life where you can do what you love and, and make a living from it. But, but you have to know the business behind it or you have to understand business to be able to make that a reality. Otherwise, you just end up giving your photography away. You know, and, and I would be the first to be guilty of that. And I, I want my clients to have everything that I produce for them. And um, I had to learn business and look as really down to my wife, Linda, she, you know, often I, I would quote a price, um, you know, Linda would say, how much for this do you think? And I'd say a hundred dollars, for example. And she'd get back to the client and say $200 and the clients would pay it because they were happy. But I, I just, <laughs> I was happy to um, reduce those barriers so that the, the client could have everything. But the, that's no way to make a successful business. So I had to learn business, um, you know, just like everyone else does, to be able to make the, the photography the, the success that it was, that it is. Yeah, that's a great answer. And you've mentioned your wife, Linda, a few times. So you work together as a team, as photographers? 
Yeah, so Linda doesn't shoot. So she she's worked in the business from the from the day we started it. Uh, in the beginning, I started the photography business part time, and um, we had our first child, Matthew, and soon to follow Jordan. And Linda would be um, raising the, the kids at home and working on the photography business while I'd be at work. And uh, in the early days, I would do one week at my old full-time job and then one week of photography and just every week, week about. Uh, one week on, one week off from photography and the full-time job. And then eventually there was a, enough work coming in that we said, okay, it's um, where I actually had a push from my, my employer that the person that I was sharing the job with, they were ready to leave. So my employer said, you have to come back full time or you have to leave altogether. And so that was the push that, that we needed. Uh, we said, okay, let's do this. I went full time with photography and, and Linda's been working in the business for, for just as long. So she has her role in the business. Um, I have my role in the business. We do totally different things in the business. Um, she's looking after the accounts, uh, the clients, the bookings, sales as well somewhat some of the editing um, and correspondence and I'm relying more, I'm sort of uh, more the photography side of things and um, yeah just making sure the clients have the best experience they possibly can that's incredible you make a good team yeah it works perfect and I think I don't think it would work as well if we're both doing the same things <laughs> that's true that's very true yeah I think it would be difficult uh but it's, it's great. You complement each other with your unique skills and she takes care of things. As you said earlier, she is bold uh, when asking for money. And I think that's uh, that's incredible skill to have. I've also uh, had trouble like you asking for a certain amount of money for certain services. And yeah, it's a struggle for photographers. We want to appeal to our clients. We don't want to make them feel uncomfortable, but we also deserve to get paid what we deserve. 100%. I want to focus a little bit on the photography side of things, not just on the podcast. Uh, so I'm curious to know what camera equipment do you use? So currently, I've gone backwards and forth. I've always been a Nikon shooter. Uh, I, I went to Fuji mirrorless, and then I sold all the Fuji mirrorless, and then I went back to Fuji mirrorless, uh, <laughs> and now it's gone again. So um, I'm currently shooting with a Nikon D750 uh, and lenses, and I've also got a Leica M10 just for for personal use. Oh, that's interesting. And you, so you went back and forth, so Nikon and then Fujifilm. What was the reason behind all the changes? Uh, I was. I love the idea of the Fuji. I had the Fuji X100, which which was fantastic. Uh, I went all in on the Fuji, and I just found that I just wasn't getting the the, the reception images uh, and and the lower light stuff. It just wasn't working for me uh, as well as I thought it should be, as well as the Nikon stuff was. So I got rid of the, the Fuji stuff, stayed with the Nikon, and then I, then I went with the next lot of uh, Fujis that were released, and they were better, but I was still using Nikons for the, for the reception work. I just felt it so much better with flash. Um, when I was using flash, uh, that was on-camera flash, bouncing flash, um, slow-sync flash, things like that. So the Nikon just seemed to perform so much better for me in those low-light situations. Uh, and now that I'm shooting less weddings, I got rid of the, the Fuji stuff and I, I've stayed with the Nikon uh, because I've always had it. I know it. I trust it. Um, yeah, it, it just works for me. I think sometimes it takes a while to find the right equipment for you. And it's a good example, again, of just uh, listening to your intuition as a photographer. Sometimes we feel like we have to get certain equipment as everybody else is using it, which can be you know, a good 
measuring stick, I suppose, but it's better to just experiment with different types of equipment whenever possible and see what works for you personally. Yeah, and, and I thought that all the stuff, all the equipment these days is so good. I mean, the new Nikon mirrorless uh, cameras that are out there are amazing. I mean, that'll probably be the next step. The Sony's are amazing. There is so, so much good gear out there available to us. I think you just have to find something that works for you and um, and run with it. Uh, but but it does it, it gets expensive, you know, to change systems. So you really want to, I guess, like you said, try try some things out. Um, get familiar with it, get some experience with it, see if it's going to work for you before you go all in because it is, it is expensive to go all in, particularly for wedding shooters when you need multiple bodies, multiple lenses, multiple flashes. It's expensive. So um, you don't want to do it too often. Change systems. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Photography is pricey. <laughs> <laughs> it's an expensive hobby if it is a hobby for you, but oh, it's definitely for sure. worth the investment if it's a professional pursuit. Uh, so you mainly in the past uh, specialized in wedding photography, right? That was the biggest part of our business for a long time. Um, as we grew the business, um, portraits also um, played a big role in the business or have played uh, and also commercial work. Because, because I've been shooting now for over 20 years, a lot of the wedding clients, um, you know, they become portrait clients and then they become commercial clients. I, I live in um, an area just north of Sydney called the Central Coast in Australia and it's not a small community but it's it's small enough where lots of people know lots of other people and because we've been in business for so long we had a street front studio your name gets out there and then um, people just oh you know give Andrew from impact a ring or um, I've used impact for this give them a try they might be able to help you with that so you start getting you know organic referrals and you just get well known so all of a sudden that the business starts growing exponentially which is lovely and so you start shooting different genres um, certainly we say no to some things, but you know, if I can shoot it and I'm comfortable shooting it, I know I'm going to be, be able to provide the, the images that the client wants, um, then, then yeah, I'll, I'll say yes, I'll do it. That's really interesting. When you started your podcast, did you find that it affected your relationship with photography in some way? Yes, um, but not in the way you might think. So I, I went through a really tough stage where I – um, I fell out of love with photography. So it was it was still my job. But when I looked at my camera bag, to me, it felt like a toolkit. You, you know, the only time I picked that up was to go to work. Uh, in the camera gear, the camera bag to me meant work. And um, there was a, a period there probably, I don't know, three, four, five years where there's almost no photos that I took of my family, of the kids. I just didn't want to take photos for fun because it was purely a job. I was shooting, you know, 60, 70 weddings a year, portraits through the week, um, commercial jobs. It was at a stage where we're growing the business fast. You're saying yes to everything. And I just stopped enjoying photography and lost sight of why I actually got into it. It was purely a business and for work. When I started the podcast, um, I started interviewing these photographers that were so passionate about photography, it reignited my passion. And that's what got me, you know, into the Fuji cameras and the X100 and trying different things. Um, yeah, it totally got me reinvigorated and back in love with photography, which was awesome. So, yeah, maybe may different to what you expected. No, I think I pretty much expected that because I had a similar experience. Really? So me as well, I... Since I've been taking photographs for such a long time, I felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again, even if it wasn't for professional reasons. It was just, it just was going through the motions essentially. 
And then, yeah, starting the podcast and hearing other people's experiences and just seeing how different the photography world is and how diverse it is uh, got me excited about photography again and inspired me to try other genres. So I completely understand what you mean. And I think it just shows that being a part of a community, communicating with people and listening to other people's stories can help you fall in love with photography again. Absolutely. And you know what? It's exactly the same, I believe, with business. I mean, if you're in business, it's easy to become jaded and fed up and tired of doing the same old thing and going through the grind. Then you hear other photographers doing things slightly differently and they're excited and pumped up about what they're doing. It reinvigorates you, gets you excited about your business. So I think that's with everything in life, not just photography, but photography is a great example of that. Absolutely. I completely agree. And you've produced over 460 episodes, which is absolutely incredible for the record. I think that's very impressive. You've met so many people and learned from so many photographers when it comes to the business and the photography side of things. What's one of the most impactful things you've learned from your guests? Um, I, I think for sure. Well, one of the things is that there's so many different ways to you know, to get to the same end result. There's so many different ways to do business and be successful. Everyone that I interview, I mean, they they believe they're doing it the right way, uh, the best way, and it probably is the best way for them, but it may not be the best way for the listener. And th- and this is probably something that I learned early on too. When I when I used to go to these, and one of the reasons why I started the podcast is when I used to go to these AIPB conferences, one of the best speakers I ever saw was Jerry Gahonas. And... Um, I, I went to his multi-day conferences. Uh, I went and visited him at his studio. I saw him speak at AIPP. I wanted to be Jerry Gahonas. I wanted to shoot the same as him. I wanted to do business the same as him. But it took a long time to realize that I was never, ever going to be Jerry Gahonas. And once I accepted that and uh, realized there's other ways for me to be successful, um, I thought, okay, now I can make a business that, that suits me and my personality and the way that I like to shoot, the way I like to do things. And that's what I've learned from the podcast as well. There's just so many different ways to do business to be successful, which which I love. It's a profound answer. And I think it applies to photography as well, because sometimes you look at the way other photographers approach their work and you feel like you have to do it a similar way. Just as we touched on earlier regarding equipment, you feel like you have to have that kind of equipment or you feel like you have to use social media a certain way. And while those things might work for those photographers, they might not necessarily work for you or fulfill you in the way that something else would. So you made a really good point. And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's very important to listen to other people's opinions and learn from them and take something from them. But it's also important to always stay true to your values and what you feel is important to you as a photographer and business owner. True, true. And, and and I think too, like me me trying to emulate Jerry and the way he, sh- he photographed, um, that didn't hurt me. It, it probably, I, I wouldn't say it hurt me, but it, I had to get to a point where I realised I was never going to be the same as Jerry. I was never going to see the way he saw. And as soon as I started following, you know, multiple photographers and starting to emulate different photographers because you know if you're following other photographers you start to emulate what you see what they're producing all of a sudden you've got a big mixture of a little bit of him a little bit of her and and slowly your own style evolves out of that i think the danger is when you follow just one photographer and and that's to do with business or photography photographic style equipment anything If, if you follow just one photographer i think that's a dangerous road to go down 
because you're never going to be that photographer. But if you can take little bits from everyone, your own voice, your own, the, the way you see the things, the way you see the world will slowly come out of, uh, of that big mixture of those different influences. And I think that that's, it takes a while to get there, but you will if you, if you just let it happen and stop trying to be the same as someone or everyone. That's very true. And I think it's a beautiful thing that I truly believe that we all have our own unique ways of looking at the world as people and as photographers. So if we embrace that, then we will be able to produce work that feels fulfilling and makes us happy and hopefully helps us earn money at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Photographycourse.net is a place where you can find an abundance of photography inspiration in different forms like premium courses, articles, video tutorials, editing resources, and much more. We have a thriving community where you can meet new people, receive constructive criticism, and discover new ideas every single day. Here is a message from one of our top community members, Robert Morton. Hi, my name is Rob. I specialize in wildlife photography and landscape photography. I'm a member of photographycourse.net online community. I like the community because you get some fantastic ideas and some great feedback. So take your photography to the next level by clicking the link in the description. That's what I did and I haven't looked back. If you want to join our online community, go to photographycourse.net and enter the coupon code podcast to get 50% off your first year as a premium member. But if we, yeah, if we are laser focused on a specific photographer that we idolize, then, or just even a person in life, whatever, then of course things are going to go haywire because then we're going to feel like we're never measuring up or we're never going to be on their level. And then we underestimating our own strengths. That's, that's right. Because you never, there's no way you'll ever be the same as the person that you're trying to emulate. But I would say there's huge value in trying to emulate them and, and, and the work they're creating, like try and do what they're doing and then add it to your arsenal and then try and learn something from someone else. And then suddenly you've got two different styles, two different looks that you can merge. And then slowly your, slowly your own voice comes out. And, and I, I would say too, for me personally, I struggle with the, the idea that I am a photographer because I, I feel like I always felt like I wasn't creative and I was better at seeing something and copying that or emulating that. And I could bring that into my work. But it was, you know, 10, maybe 10 or 15 years into becoming a photographer that I realized, hey, I've actually got my own look now. You know, I, I've absorbed enough from all these different other photographers where you don't see any of their styles individually in my work. It's now my work because I've just blended it all together and, and added my own voice. But it, if someone said, do I have a style? I would find it difficult. I, I could describe it, but it would feel weird saying, yes, it's my style. Cause I feel like I've emulated so many other photographers, which is, which I think is the way photography is these days. There's nothing really new anymore. Like we're all uh, a mixture of every other photographer that we've followed that's come before us. Absolutely. Yes, I completely agree with you. I think it's very difficult to have a style that hasn't been influenced by somebody else's style. I just think it's impossible unless you're living in a cave away from the internet, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> which, is, which could be a good thing, uh, you know, to get off the internet and uh, just go and shoot for yourself, shoot for fun. That's right. You're completely right about that. Speaking of which, uh, I think, yeah, you're right. Being on social media and getting distracted by other people's styles, it's a great place for inspiration. But 
for business owners, especially photographers in business, what advice would you give to them? Like, how can they balance having a business online and marketing their work online and also having a life outside of the internet? Uh, I think, I was going to say, I think you have to be online. Uh, you, I think you have to be online in some regard as a photographer in business today. I think it's impossible to do all the social media platforms uh, well if you're going to try to. I think it's, you're better off focusing on one or two uh, that you love, that you enjoy, you know, whether that's Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, um, you certainly want to be where your clients are, your prospective clients are. For my audience, which are predominantly wedding and portrait photographers, most of their clients are still on Facebook, but that's slowly changing. Uh, I would say it's moving towards Instagram. I mean, I know they're already on Instagram, but a lot of them are still using Facebook. I think that will slow, we'll see that changing over time. So, you want to put your time in where your clients are. You want to put your time in on the platform that you love. Don't try and be everywhere equally because it's just impossible. Um, I would also, you know, if, if business is going well and you want to be in more places, then I would look at outsourcing uh, and, and start to put um, start to put some boundaries up so you're not spending all day every day on social media. Like, I, I don't know if that's really answered your question, Taya, have I? Oh, absolutely. You answered my question. Yeah. Yeah. You had some great points as well. So thank you for that. Yeah. I completely agree with what you said, because if you have a business in photography, then of course you need to invest time in social media, because as you said, that's where clients are and you need to be wise about how much time you spend and also what platforms you're on and also be aware of trends. That's super important. As you said, Facebook is kind of fading away now. Instagram is popular. I think TikTok is popular um, for a certain kind of uh, target audience I guess so it's yeah you have to be mindful of everything that's going on in the world yeah look it really depends on your business so I mean like I said and you repeated that um, you know Facebook is fading but Facebook is still where you know I think for my listeners I, I would say over 50 percent of their clients which is huge considering the, the number of listeners would still be coming from Facebook which is incredible. Uh, it's still difficult to advertise well. Um, there are ways that it's difficult to advertise well, uh, cheaply on Instagram. Uh, TikTok, I don't see many photographers, they do well on there with views and followers, but some of them do, but I don't see many of them pulling clients from that platform. Uh, Pinterest is fantastic, but I don't, see I don't see many photographers pulling clients directly from Pinterest. Uh, certainly nowhere near as much as Instagram and Facebook. So if I was doing social media for business only uh, and I wanted to not waste uh, or spend my personal time on those on different social media platforms, I would be focusing my energies on those two platforms. Uh, Instagram, you would have to be posting regularly as well as advertising if you want to. Uh, Facebook, you could get away with just running ads. Like you don't even need to be posting there because the organic reach is so low these days. Uh, it's not a bad idea to post some things on your page but if you want to get reached then advertising is the way to go so you could spend very little time on social media and still get a lot from it so i, don't, I certainly don't think anyone has to be a slave to social media if you don't want to be mm -hmm. yeah that's a great point i've never thought of it from that perspective i didn't know that about facebook about advertising that it's something you can do without you know, worrying too much about organic traffic it's uh it's great Oh, lots of business insider tips that I'm completely <laughs> ignorant about. So thank you for sharing them. And I'm sure they'll help the listeners as well. 
your job allows you to travel a lot and spend quality time with your family, which I think is amazing. And you mentioned earlier that you work alongside your wife. What is the biggest obstacle you've had to overcome as a photographer during this journey and as a business owner? And how did you overcome it? Do you mean what was the hardest way to get time to spend, like time away from the business? Yes, just any kind of obstacle throughout your journey uh, as you were building your business with the podcast, with photography, with everything. What was just the thing that you personally found the most challenging to overcome? For me personally, I think the the hardest part was having Linda and our studio assistant saying no to work. So once the business got to a point, like Linda and I, we sat down and we, you know, we were at a certain point in our lives where things are good. Um, there's enough money. We can work more and make more money, but you know, what are we going to do? Do we need that more? Do we need more money or do we rather have more time? So for me, I would rather have more time. I would rather have more time to go cycling, go traveling, play golf, spend time with my family and my kids. Um, rather than just be shooting all the time. So the, the hardest thing was when the, when business got so good that the, the phone would always be ringing for work. I could be working all the time. I had to say I had to say no to work. So I found it easier because I, I had had enough of saying yes to everything. I found it easier to say no and I would have to block out the calendar. But then it took longer for Linda to understand that I needed to have some time off as well because she was looking and focused more on the business side of things. She found it very difficult to say no to clients uh, and to pass that work on to other photographers. So we ended up expanding the business, you know, hiring associate shooters, uh, outsourcing some things, but we would still have to say no to clients. And I didn't find that as difficult, but Linda found that harder. But once you know, we had, we had a few conversations um, because she, you know, she would ring, she, she would, um, you know, message me or ring me and say um you know the sister of a bride from last year is getting married uh it's on this day that you've got blocked out because you're going to go away cycling with your friends um do you want to do you want to give up that weekend and photograph the wedding and you know we we would have um let's call it an argument i'll be saying look no i've I've blocked that out i don't want to work that weekend she said well you know that's that's five or ten thousand dollars and i see but I'd rather have the time off. I don't want to think about the lost money. I want to think about the time off that I get to enjoy because I'm going to be working the next weekend and the weekend before. So that was that to me was the biggest obstacle, the hardest part, which sounds strange. Uh, I don't know. Would you would you do the same thing? Would you take the weekend off or would you take the ten thousand dollars, Taya? I think at this point in my life, I would take the ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Like it, it sounds ridiculous saying it, doesn't it? Like, do you have a weekend away with your friends or you take $10,000? Like it sounds silly, but if you don't take any time off, if you don't put it in the in the calendar, then you'll just, like, when do you stop working? Like, when is enough enough? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's a silly answer because you mentioned, well, you, your perspective was from the point where you were already making money and you were already comfortable in your life. So it makes sense that at that point, after having shot for so many years and having so many businesses that you were juggling, you wanted more time. So that makes sense. I don't think it's a silly answer. Um, I was yeah. surprised by your answer because uh, I would say that most people to a question like this would answer something along the lines of, you know, like when I was just starting out, struggled financially, you know, but you went <laughs> way forward. <laughs> <You> talked <laughs> yeah. about the point when you were already successful. 
So that's an interesting yeah. perspective. And it is worth considering because uh, if some of the listeners already have their own businesses that they're proud of um, and they seem to be struggling with, you know, balancing their time and finding time for themselves and their families, uh, it's important to to do that because money is important, obviously, but then family and friends and free time, that also contributes to your mental health. If you don't have that, then you're not going to be happy doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And look, I, I really don't know if this is the right answer for any, any one photographer who's listening because, you know, in the early days, you know, when, when we were we would say yes to absolutely everything you know there's no way i would say no to a job um you know but you know i, I missed i don't regret my decisions but i missed so much of my kids growing up i missed a lot of their soccer games and their weekend things uh, family dinners and get-togethers because i was photographing weddings you know almost every saturday some fridays and some sundays like it was so so busy um that was the life i chose um and, and i don't regret any of it because it was amazing but it comes to, you know, gets to a point where you, you have to say, okay, I have to back this off a little bit. So maybe if I had said no to a few more, you know, as I was going along, I would have stayed doing it for longer. But in the beginning, in the early stages, you think if you say no to something, nothing's going to come in the next week. So you don't want to say no to this mm-hmm. week because it might be it might be a dry rest of the year. It, it, it never ends up being that way, but in our heads, that's what we think. Yeah, there's always that fear of, uh, what if the next opportunity doesn't come, as you said, and yes. struggling financially, as many people are, it's it's very difficult to say no, because you're like, you know, the priority is making money and paying the bills, which is completely understandable, especially, you know, in, this, in today's world where there's you know, a lot of financial insecurity going on in countries and people want to have a stable income. So it absolutely makes sense for people to prioritize a job over their family or their health temporarily makes sense yeah good (laughs) (laughs) speaking of um you know having a business and just generally juggling various things in your life if there's somebody if there's a listener who is has just gotten into photography and they're doing it for the love of photography and they might be considering starting a business what advice would you give to them in, in the sense of should they specialize in something specific like you did with wedding photography or should they be more general, like generalist photographers specializing in a variety of genres? I think if you're starting out, it's easier to pick something that you want to specialize in uh, so you can go after and see if you actually do enjoy trying to make money from photography. So, you know, it wouldn't matter if you're a wedding or a portrait photographer, where, wherever your passions lie, I would look to book uh, clients in, in one of those genres uh, and charge money for it. See what it's like to you know feel that pressure, deliver a great experience for your clients, to produce a set of images, no matter what the lighting is like, whatever you know what the weather conditions are like. If you don't have, if you're shooting outdoors, um, just to go through that whole process. And even if you're charging a minimal amount, just to get a feel for it. But I, I would certainly go after one target market. Uh, in the beginning, you know, I think it's a it's a different question if you're saying if if you absolutely know you want to make a business out of photography, and the question is should I specialize or shouldn't I specialize? Should I be broader? I think that really depends on the location of the photographer who's listening. So, in my area here on the Central Coast, could I only do weddings and be successful? 
I think it'd be touch and go. Uh, I don't think there's a big enough population here and a wealthy enough population to make a great living just doing weddings. So by supplementing that with portraits and commercial work, I can make a great living. Whereas if I lived in Sydney, for example, a lot bigger city uh, with uh, more higher income earning people, then yes, I could certainly make a great living just doing weddings. So I think, you know, that's a question that depends on the location that you live in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. You have to consider your location and see maybe what other photographers in your area are doing and if they're successful or not. Because yeah, every area has its own specifics, specific kinds of people, specific kind of um, financial status. So it's all worth considering before you actually officially start a business. So that's a good point you made. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. I am sure that there are many photographers who want to get interviewed for podcasts and they don't know where to start and how to present themselves to companies. And since you have so much experience with interviewing a variety of people, what advice would you give to those photographers? Uh, that's, that's such a good question. So the, I, I get requests um, quite regularly to come on the podcast and uh, I get some really good ones and some absolutely terrible ones. I can, I can give you an example of a terrible one if you like. Oh, but um, the, <laughs> the, the main thing is, if you're listening and you want to get featured on a podcast, you need to know the podcast. Uh, first of all, you need, you need to know the name of the host uh, so you can actually approach them by name. You need to know the topics or content that they're producing. Um, so it should give you a good understanding of their listeners. And you want to be presenting what you can deliver for that podcast host's listeners. So for, for me, someone wants to come on, on the show, I, my first question is, you know, what's in it for my listeners? Um, it doesn't need to be anything in it for me. It's got to be something good for my listeners. Otherwise, they're not coming on. Like there's, <laughs> the, the only reason I have a show is for my listeners. If the guest can't give me great content to help my listener with whatever they're working on, then there's no reason for them to come on the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great point. Yeah, because sometimes people feel like they they have to reach out to anyone and everyone blindly just to get a chance. But if you do it more personally, in a more personable way, and you know the the name of the host, as you said earlier, then you might increase your chances of getting featured if it's relevant to the podcast that you're reaching out to, of course. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if, if someone emails me and says, uh, um, Dear podcast host, I'd like to be featured on your podcast. I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? <laughs> so let me let me tell you. Can I can I tell you uh, or share a, an exchange that I had on LinkedIn with another guy last week? Please, I'm all ears. So so this guy, I won't I won't give his name, but he he sends me a DM or a PM on LinkedIn. He says, I trust you received my email. Uh, read your podcast. And I said, no, I, I, I don't have an email. I searched for his name in my inbox. I didn't see his name pop up. I didn't, didn't get it. I said, what was it about? And he said, uh, I wrote that I'd love to join your podcast as a guest. So I, I said to him exactly what I just said to you, Taya, um, you know, what's in it for my listeners? What, what would you like, uh, you know, why would you like to be featured? Um, what can you share? And he replied, well, you'll need to decide if I'm a good match or not. I don't know your listeners. <laughs> <laughs> why do you want to come on the podcast if you don't even know who you're talking to? I don't know anything about this guy. It was unbelievable. Anyway, I was in shock. Um, 
as that I don't think you're going to be a good fit. <laughs> oh. Do you get do you get requests like that too? <laughs> to be honest, no. But <laughs> I think you're getting requests like that because you're incredibly successful and very well known. So hopefully we'll get to that point where we get bad requests. That'll mean that we're well, doing well, right? <laughs> well, well, I expect when I, when someone does, it'll be high tire. Love to be featured on your podcast. This is what I can deliver for your listeners. <laughs> oh, they won't even say my name. They'll say, hi, dear podcast host. Yeah. <laughs> Off to the spam folder. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, just delete immediately. Actually, just yeah. thinking about it, I did just did remember something that um, someone who sent me a strange request a while ago, and it was from, it was a personal contact. So it wasn't just some stranger, but this guy, he was very strange. I think, well, we initially met in a photography community online and he is also a photographer, of course, and he kind of flirted with me and I was not interested at all. Uh, and then I just kind of rejected him, which was awkward. And then a few years later, he reached out to me again, like trying to flirt, trying to, and telling me about his like past relationships i understood what he was trying to get at but then i rejected him again and he was like hey by the way you have this podcast i would love to be on it if you're interested <laughs> oh wow <laughs> how strange he's just trying to get as much out of me as possible like, wow well see you're, see you're i would say you're i've had no one come on to me yet <laughs> maybe because i talk too much about linda <laughs> Yes, it's important. If you have a partner, you need to continually mention them so that nobody, you know, starts uh, flirting with you. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that's the only experience I've had. But I don't think it has anything to do like with the podcast. I think it was just like a strange personal connection in my life. But it makes for a funny story, right? Those terrible experiences, they're funny stories. Absolutely. Story. Yeah, it's all down to good experiences. <laughs> Absolutely. And thank you and for bad. sharing. <laughs> I have one more question for you, Andrew, and that is, what is the one thing you'd like to achieve in this great big photography world? Uh, uh, I think with the, the next thing that, that I'm looking at, uh, which I haven't shared with anyone uh, apart from Linda, is um, I would love to start writing books, uh, nonfiction books, on based on the interviews that I've recorded and, and what guests have shared, uh, and, and actually start, start putting them out in print form. Um, so that's what I would love to achieve. I'd love to get some books published. Um, and and I mean, when I say published, just self-published, you know, on the, on the Kindle platform. And um, start sharing some of the amazing things that the, the guests have shared with me. That's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. What an honor that you shared for the first time with everyone on this oh. podcast. Thank you for opening up about that. <laughs> well, it's a little bit scary because it kind of makes me feel like I've got to do it now. I have to deliver once it's out there. So yeah, you've got to commit now. you got to commit that's to right. it. <laughs> exactly. You, you you write yourself, don't you? Oh, yes, I do. Yes. It's fiction, though, and also articles. <laughs> oh, fiction. So self-published fiction? Yes. I, uh, last year in November, I published my first uh, fictional novella. Wow. How did it go? Uh, it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you need to invest in marketing. And since yeah. it wasn't, like, I didn't have a target audience. I was just like, I want to write a book, and I love reading so much, so I want to write something fictional. Uh, tells a compelling story and hopefully resonates with people around the world and I did that and yeah I'm just happy that I published it but 
had absolutely no marketing strategies. I was just like, I want this to be out there because I've always wanted to be an author. And that's it. <laughs> well, you've, you've done the hardest part. You've written the book. That's right. Yeah, it was a really fulfilling process. And I think you'll also enjoy writing books. And I'm quite surprised that you haven't already because you're so well-spoken and you have all this photography experience. So I'm oh, sure you'll you. have a blast creating your books. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, just quickly, is, is your book, is it available in the Kindle store? Is that where it can be found? Oh, yes, it's on Amazon, yeah. Cool. And just search your name. Yes, just T-A-Y-A-I-V. So it's tidings. Yeah, yeah. Thank you right, for asking. I'm going to take a look. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I had so much fun speaking with you, and I'm sure the listeners learned a lot from you. And I wish you all the very best with your amazing podcast, and I hope you continue to have many amazing guests and less terrible people reaching out to you by saying, dear podcast host. <laughs> Taya, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me on. It's been really, it's been really nice to be on the other side of the, the, the questions on the microphone. Uh, you've made it easy and fun. So thank you. Thank you too. Andrew was such a great guest. I had a lot of fun finding out about the business side of photography. It's definitely something that is important if you want to seriously pursue photography as a professional. I hope that you learned a lot from Andrew. If you want to find out about the business side of things and focus on a few business interviews, then definitely check out PhotoBizX podcast, and I will see you next week. There's a simple reason why PhotographyCourse.net is the highest rated photography community in the world. It's because the people who use it made it that way. Why not join us right now? Improve your skills, get exposure, and discover an exciting new world of photography. While you're at it, claim your special discount code by going to photographycourse.net and entering the coupon code PODCAST to get 50% off your first year as a premium member.